We are extremely excited to welcome Hunter Richard to the podcast. Welcome, Hunter. Great to have you on. It's a pleasure, boys. I'm excited. It is a pleasure. What a pleasure having one of our best friends on the podcast. I know, man. Nobody else I'd rather talk to, honestly. Well, we Nobody? Hope. What about Cody Johnson? Oh, I, I would. I would talk to Cody Johnson. Over us? Pretty, over us? Close second. Close second. Oh, you guys okay. are first, but that's a okay. close second. Okay. I'll take it. That's fair. Um, so, do you want to just like start it off, start us off with giving your um, thoughts over the NCAA tournament, like kind of um, your performance, experience of it all, like from your first, eyes? Yeah, first nationals experience for you. So, just kind of like talk about the whole thing. Should be second. Everything. Yeah, I mean, like it's definitely weird because it was my first national tournament, but in a way, like it was my second because I qualified. Uh, during 2020 during the COVID year so I kind of like went through all of the emotions of being excited like all of that kind of I went through all of that so then this year like when I finally made it back I was sort of I was locked in honestly I'd be I was a 30 seed but I didn't believe I was a 30 seed and I think that's kind of why you know you saw me perform the way I did uh, I obviously lost the, the first one it was a close one to Jacory, but you know I just came back and decided to just lay it all on the line every match just it was my last one so I ultimately fell short to O'Connor but you know the experience I mean I was truly grateful for it just to be able to get back and wrestle because so much had happened in between you know when it first got canceled to to this the second one here in 2022 that uh, it just made it special to be able to you know warm up walk out on the mat wrestle on you know ESPN kind of everything that if you, if you want to wrestle as a kid, like, that's what you dream about. You know, you dream about wrestling at the national championships on ESPN. It's, like, the biggest stage for folk style. So, you know, to make it back and everything I kind of went through, um, it, it made it definitely really special. A couple points off of what you just said. When you said you didn't believe you were the 30 seed, I know I'm, I'm speaking for me and Andrew. We did not think you were the 30. We, like, we, we knew you would you were well beyond the 30 seed. And that match with Ja'Cory, man, that was – Oh my gosh! So was that the was that your first time ever wrestling Jacory? Obviously, both New York, New York guys. Like, had you ever wrestled him even in practice or anything? No, before? I've never wrestled Jacory ever before. I mean, we were on like a team, like schoolboy dual team, when I was in like seventh grade, and so I've known I knew him from that. But in high school and everything, I was a couple years older than him, and then also I was like a couple weight classes above him, and then he kind of grew and caught up to me in college. Uh, but no, that was the first time I ever wrestled him, and honestly, I was confident going in. Like, dude, he looked great. If you told me that like it'd be three one going into the third period, like I'd take that ten times out of ten. Like in my mind, like I wrestled just about as good of a match as you probably could put together in that first round. It was yeah. just a little bit of, I guess, luck that, I, and on his part, that the ref didn't call two and didn't call stalling. But you know, it was a matter of inches. And so it's yeah. you know it sucks, but it's something that you can end up you can live with at the end of the day that you know you, you did give it your all and yeah no yeah, was, I don't think you should hang your head on that performance at all because no, like, dude and that's the thing when I when you watch Hunter wrestle is like he's gonna give a hundred percent of his effort in that match definitely. and, and I mean, I there's no why. there's no piece at no point in that NCAA tournament was there effort left out on the mat or no that was left that you had left. It was all laid out on the line. I will say that like the effort's always been there, but I will give a lot of props to Donnie. Um, this season, he kind of took that effort. Donald and, like, Vincent. Donald Vincent, Coach Vincent. And uh, he took that effort and kind of almost channeled it into like methodically structuring it into like a match, how, how to like really put it together. And he was sort of like my whisperer before going out on the mat. Like, He'd come over, give me a back crack, you know, shoulder rub, and then just be like, "Go full cyborg, dude." Right before <laughs> go I go full cyborg, and full like, cyborg. and like he just give me that little bit, and I would just be like, "All right," and then I just go out there and just go full cyborg, I guess. I'll say that I've noticed in this season compared to before, like the effort was still really high, but it did feel like you were a little more tailored this year i felt like you were a little more calculated. Um, more calculated yeah. than before i feel like uh in the previous couple seasons you were like just like cat rolling around there yeah. like going crazy but this time i feel like you really like picked your spots i guess more would, would you agree with that or? i would definitely i would definitely agree with that i mean earlier in my career 
I always had the gas tank like you said, but I just give up a million takedowns in the first period and I just have to like kind of claw my way back and against the best kids in the country, like that doesn't work. And I would say that like, even at the national tournament, like I did not give up first period takedowns like in general. Yeah. And like, that's the reason why I was able to beat, you know, <laughs> the Kendall Coleman's of the world, Justin Thomas, you know, got it close with Ja'Cory. Like it was just that. And honestly, it's just, it's cause of Donnie. Cause I went up to 157 and like the beginning of the year, I was just getting my, my butt kicked, honestly. It's just like a different, it's a different weight class, different feel. And, uh, you know, he just was like, you know, stay in there, you'll figure it out. And, you know, I'm grateful, grateful for him for sure. Yeah, that was one of the other questions like I had already kind of thought about for uh, for later, but we can go into it now. It's just like if you could talk about that transition into 157 and versus um, – because before that, I yeah. think you only wrestled 149, so this was okay. your first time um, wrestling 57, so kind of talk about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's honestly pretty crazy because I started for 149 again this year. I've only wrestled 149, you know, my whole, you know, Cornell experience, and I, I was – planning on wrestling 149 in Binghamton before I got hurt and then I was out for a few months got COVID and pretty much in that span of two months was like all right I guess I'm gonna go up to 157 here um, because obviously Yanni was ranked number one in the country so you know it was either be his backup or go up and so made that decision and the first time I wrestled the first time I wrestled an NCAA match in like two years was at 157, you know, off of like a week of practice at the scuffle. And with everything, with, with all of that, I still ended up placing fourth at the scuffle. Like it was a good, it was a good turnout, but it was definitely, the guys were bigger, you know, more physical. Um, definitely was undersized in almost every match I wrestled this year. But, you know, I started to figure out, hey, like, you know, these guys are bigger, but they get tired and, you know, they're not as like quick and not as explosive. So it was just a matter of, taken the bumps earlier in the year because the schedule that I had wasn't the best. I mean, I had Quincy, I had Humphreys, I had Zaff, um, Hartman, like just had top 20 guys to try, like that's who I was trying to figure it out against. And it's, it was, it was hard. Um, but then I started to get some wins. I had a big win against Sernigalia and that was a turning point model and, you know, figured it out along the way, but it was definitely like just a crazy crazy experience to try and figure out mid-season i mean my first tournament was a scuffle that's yeah that's definitely. a barn burner of a tournament to just get dropped into and especially the eiwa your weight class was so deep so it's like to go through that dual schedule like you yeah. mentioned it's kind of like trial by fire and honestly the eiwa was even slept on i was like how deep it was i mean quincy was in the national finals you know humphreys was a blood round guy and zap almost beat like Peyton Robin almost beat uh, Caleb Young like one point matches like people were kind of didn't realize like how good the weight class truly was the IWA is very slept on especially at heavyweight in the matches with uh, Joe Doyle and <laughs> Joe Doyle Zachary Knight and Wards the they, greatest matches of all time they just go crazy when they wrestle I respect <laughs> that discuss them um, Hunter who is a former teammate that has had a lasting impact on you this is this can be teammates that have gra- more tailored for teammates that have graduated, but you can pick. That's a great question. A lasting impact. I mean, I'd probably say Noah, man. The year that <clears throat> Noah Bauman, uh, the year that uh, NCAA's got canceled, twenty twenty. He was our, you know, starting one forty one pounder for us, and you know, everywhere we went that year, it was sort of like my breakout season in a way I started to really pick up some steam and like wins like he was my roommate for almost every you know away duel you know EIWA stuff like that and so we kind of he was a senior and he kind of just like showed me the ropes like talk like kind of got some really close and uh I remember when I ended up qualifying for NCAAs this year I like reached out to him I was like hey man like I'm wrestling for all you boys that got your seasons canceled and like didn't get to go to NCAAs like just to let you know, like, that's this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm laying it out there for you guys as well. And so um, I definitely would say Noah was a big, big influence on me and had a lasting impact. There are some former teammates that have made their names cross the same, you know, the same question. And Noah has been one of them. Noah has definitely been brought up a few times, I know, by Yanni, Vito, Vito. Yanni. Um, 
but yeah, he's definitely had a and just like he wrestled hard. Like, like, we would always have scraps in the room. Just just whenever we wrestled, it would just be awesome. So for sure. no, I yeah. definitely would. And like you know, he's good in the class. He's great in the classroom. He's got a great job. Like I ask him for advice. Like he's just a good all around. He's a, he he's a good role model, zoo, right? He's a zookeeper. He was a zookeeper. Now I think he works as some investment banker now or something. Oh, I'm not sure. It's a crazy upgrade. Yeah. Or downgrade, depending on how you see it. <laughs> he got fired from the zoo, actually. Something like that. R.I.P. Harambe. <laughs> Harambe. He worked in the Cleveland um, Zoo. That's where he was. Yeah, well, Harambe was at the Cincinnati Zoo, so. But in the same state. Anyways, wow. um, we know that. We'll be right back after this commercial you know, break. We know that. Uh, <laughs> Holland Patton. Oh, okay. A, HB. You know, we're, you knew that this was going to get right. I had a feeling. You know that Holland Patton, we know that Holland Patton is a... Holds HP. A, holds a, you know, big place in your it's heart. place in my heart, man. Um, so if you could kind of talk about your experience growing up in HP and then also leading into what made you choose Cornell. Okay. And, and wrestling, growing up, playing sports in HP. Well, you guys have heard plenty of stories about HP. Uh, some I can get into, some I can't get into. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny little... That's behind the paywall on Patreon. <laughs> it's a tiny little farm town, honestly. Um, basically, I grew up, I graduated with about 115, 120 kids. You know, everybody knows everybody, you know. People talk. Everybody calls you just, friend. Everybody, yeah, every, you know, everybody. everybody's family, basically. And uh, my dad was the high school wrestling coach at the school. He was also a teacher. My mom was also a teacher in the school. And my aunt was the assistant superintendent. So we had quite the stronghold Mafia on HP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could kind of get away with anything we wanted there in a way. Uh, but no, my dad started me, started wrestling, had me wrestling at a young age and kind of just, he built the program sort of for me to kind of come up and, and succeed. And, you know, we have this wrestling room with the, and it had a garage door in it where our wrestling room had it with like a wrestling mat on it and junkyard basically dog. names up on the walls and paint of all the guys that have went to state sectionals and you know i think a lot of the the grit and the the hard work and wrestling hard it, it came from growing up in that that small town just you know basically just learning how to fight in a way um not really having the nicest facilities not really having the best stuff but just making the most out of what you have and I remember on my recruiting visit, I wasn't even really considering Cornell at the time because, you know, I wasn't a huge recruit. So I was like, can I even really wrestle here? You know, is this, am I going to start? Like, what is this? And I remember Coach Cole and uh, honestly, Donnie, when I was here, they like, they really wanted me and they sort of almost convinced me, hey, like, this is where you need to come. And uh, I took a visit to Princeton, didn't like it. Took a visit here and I was oh, like... The amount of people that have said that. <laughs> took a visit here and was like, yeah, this is this is where I want to go. I mean, I saw the facilities and was like, it was like a five-star hotel compared to like what I had in high school. And uh, it was honestly a no-brainer for me. I mean, one of the best wrestling programs in the country and you'll get a great, great degree. So I remember I came on it and just like made up my mind one day and was like, you know what, whatever happens, happens, but I'm going here. And it was the best decision I've, I've ever made in my life. So, uh, Hunter, now we, you know, it's the spring semester, wrestling season's over. Look into the future. Texas. Yes. Tell us about Texas. Texas is in the cards. Uh, I don't know when I thought, like, this happened, but it, it might have been, like, my junior year, sophomore year, but I was like, man, like, I want to go to Texas. Like, that's where <laughs> I want to go to work. And uh, I reached out to some alumni in the beginning of the year. And that were down there kind of got a few leads but then uh trip rogers like ended up forwarding my resume to one of his one of his good friends down there um and they ended up calling me and now i'm going to be working for a uh, investment real estate company down there in dallas so it's like a dream come true i mean i get you know a good job down in texas kind of kind of everything i ever wanted so i'm really excited i'm really excited to go down there it's my kind of place gonna fit in oh yeah are we gonna see you ride a bull you know i think about that sometimes i'm like should i just like pick up bull riding but then i'm like ah i don't know it's it's i would say don't be surprised if you if you hear me call you up one day and say hey like i might try this but how long is it gonna take you to get a an accent i want one bad i think that'd be so cool when am i gonna get a call from hunter and saying y'all better come down here (laughs) I'd say, I'd say like 
a year or so. A probably year? to really perfect. I'm not going to call you unless I really have it down because I know you will bust my balls if it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never hear the end of it if I call you and you're like, dude, that's some broke southern accent. You need to work on that. So I'm going to make sure I perfect it first before I give you a call. I know that like my, my uh, aunts and cousins and people that are from – you know, they're originally from, like, Nevada, right? So they didn't have an accent, but then they moved to um, Nashville, and, like, they all have accents now. So it's, like, ob- obviously that's, like, over a pretty long, like, uh, like course of time. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it uh, won't be long for you. No. When you're around, once you're around sure, people, like, I'll be around everybody like at that. work. Everybody's talking, like. They're going to hear you say elementary once and be like who is this dude no i know i know certain words i need to just like not say in front of them otherwise <laughs> ran out of the building what else is it elementary he says elementary and uh, anything that's like documentary kind of thing is like that but uh what's gonna happen when you have to order a order a soda and you gotta don't they say in texas they like they call all sodas coke there do they, they yeah might. they do and then they say, what kind of Coke do you want? And then you like, cherry? I'm sure it'll probably be... Well, you could say, like, Coke, Coke, Coke. I don't know what, what they do, said, but it's something like that, I'm telling you. Interesting. I'm going to be like, can I have a Sprite? And they'll be like, do you want I mean, Coke? What kind of Coke like, do you want? I guess Coke, like, Sprite-flavored Coke? Like, I don't know. I think if you said, like, just Sprite, they would know. But I'm saying, like, if you said soda... What kind of soda do like, you They don't have? know. They, like, yeah. don't say soda they say coke i'm sure i'll learn all types of sodas i'll let you know i'll let you know when when your boss is like hey put that on your calendar and you're like i'll put that on my kit yeah i'll put put it down i'll put it down (laughs) i'll write that down i'll write that down (laughs) say count say calendar 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 it's tough it's tough (laughs) um so if syracuse had a wrestling program would they be who would win between a syracuse Cornell like decision for you that's tough I mean Syracuse is in this hypothetical are they good like are they uh, as good as Cornell like, it's like indifferent whether like they're better than Cornell or not all things considered yeah that's hard because like growing up like I never you know like I, Syracuse wasn't even an option so. and Gene Mills is the coach there oh man I don't know <laughs> that's a tough one that's a tough one I mean Syracuse could probably offer me a full ride We'll just keep it safe and say that you would use um, your grad year there or something. Yeah, I'd probably use my grad year there. Just I mean, to keep it safe for the It's a 315, but uh, no, if, the, if any SEC schools had wrestling, they'd probably catch <laughs> me there for my grad year. <laughs> which, which one? What would be your top three? If only SEC schools involved, what's your top three? Top three would be University of Texas, and then it would be Tennessee. They're not in the SEC yet. Yeah, they are. I think they played football in the SEC this year, didn't they? I think it's like in two years. Ago. Oh, in two SEC, years? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking just now. Uh, it'd probably be Tennessee and then... Go Balls. Probably Florida Gators and then maybe like Georgia. Go Gators. Those, yeah. Those that's, that's a good that's a solid. I would say Georgia for a We were just talking yeah. about that in the, uh, in the weight room yesterday about SEC schools. Yeah. I, so I'm cool. kind of like I'm bored with you in that list. I, feel I like, like the Gators. Those three. Are such cool singlets. I know, dude. Seriously, Gainesville's pretty cool too. Right? Their football, their football game seems. Super oh, actually, cool. actually, actually, I would go LSU. I would go uh, LSU, Tennessee, LSU, <laughs> and then Georgia. Joe Burrow. Yeah, those would be the three for sure. So, we were talking about Texas, and part of the reason you felt so comfortable going there is your love deep love deep love for country music oh my god <laughs> talk a little bit about your relationship with country music i mean if you if you say my name you probably have to also bring up country music in the same sentence i mean I if you catch me on any given day like driving around in my truck walking around the airpods on whether i'm just standing in the locker room with my phone and probably playing country music it's it's a part of me. I mean, like, it's pretty much all I listen to to yeah. the point where Furman gets pretty pissed. Uh, I wouldn't say pissed, <laughs> but we were listening to music with two of Hunter's friends, and I had the aux, and I didn't play country music because country music is – I like country music a lot, but I hear it through my wall because me and Hunter share a wall, 
and his door's open, and all I, I hear country music from the time he wakes up until the time he goes to bed. <laughs> I don't mind it, but if I'm given the choice, I'd probably yeah, pick, mix, it up, mix it up a little bit. You know, play some like, my chemical Let's put romance, it this way. Play some blank. If it's snowing, I'll turn up the heat just to put my windows down a little bit and play country music. Like, that's how bad oh, yeah. it is. I'm convinced that um, Hunter can't hear a country song and not sing along. I'm no, convinced sure. there is no, something not, that, like it's a g- genetic th- like thing within him that he has to sing along to it. Like there's something keeping him from holding it in. Yeah, no, I have to sing to it. It's, <laughs> it's, out from the minute like I knew what music was, like that's what my parents played and like that's what we listened to growing up. Like yeah. and car rides to wrestling tournaments, all my friends, everything like that's yeah. all I ever listened to growing up. And I mean, I know other music, and like I do listen to other music. Sometimes, he does. I can confirm. He he knows lyrics to other songs. I do. When I play other songs, he knows. He'll know the lyrics, but it's just but default. It's default. default. Country music is default. I mean, I I have playlists for everything. Do you know country. every word to "Country Boy" by Aaron Lewis? Yes, I do. I know every word <laughs> to a lot of songs. <laughs> um, so, kind of getting back on the wrestling side of things. Yeah. Um, can you talk about this, um, like your whole Cornell career and what the, what you think the best match in your Cornell career has been? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, so my Cornell career has, has been awesome. I kind of came in and, you know, wasn't really a big name. I came in the same class as like Yanni and Vito. So they obviously got all the attention, which is fair um they deserved it uh and i remember i just i wanted to be a part of the team like i wanted to contribute you know i knew how hard i wrestled and like what i could offer and the first early years of my career were just sort of like transitioning to to college like learning that like technique and how to wrestle um a true college match and so i kind of just put in a lot of work lifting and you know taking my lumps in the room and, and training and I would say that I'd have, I started a few matches my sophomore year, and but my junior year, uh, kind of came it came all together, and that's when I kind of started to figure it out and to get on a roll. And it was unfortunate that NCAs got canceled that year because I felt like I would have made some noise that year as well in that NCAA tournament too. Um, and then after that, things got a little crazy. I mean, season got canceled, COVID happened. We spent a year training in like remote facilities couldn't even use our own facility the season got canceled altogether which was supposed to be my senior year and I had to make a decision about you know do I stay do I transfer do I just kind of walk away and go to the real world and um, I'm very grateful that I chose to stay and come back for another year as a fifth year senior I think a lot of things kind of came together this year um, for my Cornell career you know I got to wrestle another season got to go to NCAs um, spend another season with my friends just kind of like grow as a person um and so i would say i would consider my career here as a success i mean placed at DIWAs twice qualified for nationals twice did a lot of things that uh a lot of people you know wish they could do and so i uh i can walk away you know with my head held high and and, and be happy with everything all the work that i put in because it's really about the journey that you go on here and obviously winning is the end all be all but um just the career in general like if i could go back and do it again i would do it again it was it was awesome can you kind of talk about the whole like going to a fifth year kind of thing like um what you had to do for school yeah in that circumstance because it's not really a the same as like in other schools where you could just maybe go to grad school or like you kind of had a even for me even for me it was uh harder than most people trying to take a fifth year because i enrolled in school in the fall with the hopes of having a season in my senior year and then it got canceled so i had already enrolled so i only had one semester left to graduate like something like 15 credits to graduate and so i took the spring semester off and then i had to basically take 12 credits in the in the fall to be eligible not take the classes I needed to to graduate and then like request them to give me another semester which you know wasn't essentially guaranteed but like 
I talked to my advisor and they were like, there, there, there won't be any issues. So about midway through the fall semester, they said, yes, you're, like, you're granted another semester in the spring. So then I ended up getting to wrestle the full year here. Um, but I just had to go through a lot of steps in order to just compete this year on top of wrestling and everything. Uh, so it was, it was quite the process because you can't just – you couldn't wrestle in grad school. Well, you could wrestle in grad school this year, but by the time that I had made my decision to um, take the semester off, it was already too late. So for me, I had to take this fifth semester, and so they make you jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. <clears throat> so kind of bouncing back uh, towards, you know, your upbringing. You know, I know that your family is all athletes. Your sister's yeah. a soccer player. Yeah. Your dad and uncles, huge weightlifters. <laughs> kind, of talk about, kind of talk about the family and, you know, your uncle and dad being – like you, you told me your dad benched like 500 pounds. Yeah, he's probably really wearing jeans too. I mean, I can see that. So my dad, honestly, my dad and uncles, like they weren't even huge weightlifters. Like my dad said he didn't start lifting weights till he went to college. Like they're just farm boys. Like they grew up on a dairy farm in upstate New York. So uh, they just have farm strength like Donnie, honestly. And so uh, my dad ended up playing football, Division three football at the University of Rochester. He was a fullback for them. I call him Muscle Hamster. He just could he just the muscle hamster. Yeah, he oh was. Oh my god, that is amazing. Why is it such a? I feel like it's it, very accurate. It's so yes. accurate. Like he's <laughs> yes. got no neck. Like the man's just a tank. Um, somebody I would not mess with even. But I feel at, like, like he could run 50. through a wall. No what position easily. was he? Fullback. Fullback. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, he was I a good fullback tell. too. Like his senior year, very good. And so that's a wore a neck roll. <laughs> I, I don't. Think, I don't know if he did, but I should ask him that. Uh, so he played football, and then my uncle played rugby at Brockport so he he also was a tough son of a gun and then my other uncle this is all on my dad's side uh he did, he wrestled division one for uh East Stroudsburg back in the day when they had a division one program so there was some division one bloodlines in there and then um, my, my mom she ran division one at Bucknell yeah uh cross country indoor track and track she was a three-sport division one athlete uh, so all all the quickness, speed, everything like that, all it's it's from her for sure. And then on her side, my aunt played Division three field hockey, um, and then my uncle on that side uh, ran track at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Wow. So there's some good sports bloodlines. Just the whole bloodline. Yeah, there's some pretty good athletic. genetics running through our family for sure. And then my sister, she plays Division three soccer right now, actually as well. You got so, a lot of pressure picking a wife now. I know, I know, I know. Don't worry, my my mom has told me <laughs> many of times. So, no, it'll be good though. Um, I'm not worried about that. All right. So you want to uh, wrap it up and get into the the lightning round? I, lightning had, round? I wanted to ask uh, two more questions really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Two more. Maybe maybe three. I don't know. This is a, I like this conversation. Yeah. Um, it says nothing to do with wrestling, but at the same time, everything to do with wrestling. <clears throat> Makes sense. What's the difference between Adam and Anthony? Adam and Anthony. So Adam, Adam's like our friend, right? He's, yeah. he's the dude that lives with us. We hang out with him, like <laughs> spend time with whatever. Anthony is like his alter ego, man. Like he just goes into a mode where we're like, who is this dude? Like he starts having complexes. We're like, what are you up to? Like starts complaining about his slides like his soap holder like who moved my slides we're just like who is this kid you know we're like what is happening this is alter ego of him man we're just like where did this come from starts reporting dudes for not going to practice like he's staking out in the parking lot making sure everybody's on time like it's ridiculous ridiculous that is perfect and perfect. i will say Jonathan Lowe is able to bring out his alter ego, Anthony, that's better than anybody than, yeah, that's I've ever accurate. met. Like, he knows exactly what it takes to switch it and just turn him into Anthony. Lowe has a way to just get under Adam's He knows skin. the perfect things, man. Just like, move the, his slides, like, two inches. Like, put some things. lotion on his door handle. Like, things that'll just send him <laughs> off. Like, bro, come on. Yeah. Whereas we're just like, dude, let's take his door off his hinge. And Lowe's like, no, 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 no. Just put some lotion on his door handle. He will freak out. He would hate the lotion on his door handle. More than we just took, took his, his door. door. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but Lowe knows, and it's crazy. They have, like, a weird feud going on. Low knows. Like, I remember the slide thing when 
when we when we heard that Lowe moved his slides, right, we were like, "That's the dumbest thing I've so ever dumb. heard." So dumb, like he's and not going to get mad at that. And little did we know that was a huge pressure point. Yeah, and that's all <laughs> Anthony <laughs> talked about. Like the next week is like, "Bro, why would you move my slides?" Or like, "Why would you let Gwiz's dog bite my slides, bro?" <laughs> so, next thing, um, Fortnite. Okay, Fortnite. I know you're a demon on the sticks. I, I try to be. I mean, the stretch that I had, the ankle injury in COVID, I mean, I was on the sticks every day for hours. Oh, I know. Right? When you guys went to Florida and I had COVID, nobody was home. I was like the only one in the house. And just, I'm pretty sure I moved my Xbox downstairs and just played Fortnite for like hours on the day because there was nothing else to do. I know when we came back, Hunter had inhabited the living room completely. Right. And it was just... Hunter's living space in the living room. Pretty much, man. I was just fighting for my life, man. Nobody was home. I was trying to, like, stay sane. It wasn't Hunter's at that point. No. It was HP Wrestler 138. HP Wrestler 138. That's my True. Xbox gamer tag if anybody wants to add me and play Fortnite. Careful putting that out there. That's fine. All right. I'm a man of the people. So, last, last question that is uh, open-ended. Yep. What other sports do you think you would be most successful at if you didn't choose wrestling? Because I know you'd, I know you'd so, be nasty at baseball, track and field, and UFC. Is this just like if I step Football. into it right now or if I had like time to train? If you had time to train. So if I stepped into it right now, I'd say football and track. Um, both of those I could just probably have like a couple months and would be able to succeed. But I would say baseball for sure would be a yeah. big one. I mean, we were just we were playing, we were playing it, yeah, in the year. spring last year. We would just go get the bat and glove and just go to the you know Cornell baseball field and just play for hours. And I was like, wow, I'm not bad at this. If I had like years of training, you know, I almost knocked one out. I did. I won high. Like hits, yeah. It was, and that's when I was like, ones, dude. that's when I was like, man, like in another <laughs> life, man, another With life. With a bat that wasn't even like it was like a, bro- a it broken, a broken bat, yeah. And so that's when I was like, mm, man, you never know. So, never know. No, but I love playing sports. I, when I graduate here, I, I'll probably join like a softball league, maybe like a rec basketball league. Like I have to keep playing. I agree with that. I agree. Definitely well. coach wrestling as well. I For need sure. to be around it. Um, yeah. The next segment is the lightning round. Ooh, or okay. we say one word or a phrase. And you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't okay. think. Just say. Just say. All right. And you want to start off? Or you want me to take it? I'll start it. Okay. okay. Um, Cody Johnson. Oh, Texas. Low. Uh, Don't even think about it. Uh. First thing. Memes. Control That's- center. <laughs> uh. People, I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Controls. <laughs> go, Berman, go. Nice. Okay. Um, Hadrian. Uh, Rocky. Rat. Uh, Flynn. Crate. Milk. Fergie. Gambling. Blade Runner. Furman. Water. Bed. Tren Thacker Penn State Max That was a good one That was a great lightning round Lightning rounds always go crazy like I love the lightning round Control center I was like I don't even I didn't think I, what yeah, control was center the, was I, I was, was like, in the lounge And saw control on the TV And I was like Control center I don't know I don't know your thoughts people well those are the questions we have for today thanks so much for listening to this episode of red man's take throughout the next few weeks on the podcast we'll be highlighting our all-american wrestlers who showed out in michigan this year additionally we will highlight the valiant performances of all our ncaa qualifiers many of whom are graduating seniors before we get started a quick reminder you can also listen to cornell's brsn's weekly podcast big red in beijing on all podcast platforms Shout out to U.S. figure skater Karen Chen. At Cornell Wrestling, we're incredibly supportive of Cornellians in the Olympics, and our very own Kyle Dake won bronze in Tokyo last summer.
All right, we are extremely excited to welcome Mike Gray and Callan Russell to the podcast. Welcome, great to have you on. Thank you, pleasure, choked on some water. Always a pleasure talking with you guys, so excited for this one. Very excited to talk to my coaches. Hey, it's always good. It's always good to get communication going. So if you guys could kind of just talk about uh, NCAAs and and breaking down that, I know it was a little while ago, but... Yeah, no, NCAAs was, uh, it was different than years past, (laughs) right? Um, No, it was was great though. I think that um, we showed how strong our team is, obviously, and, and... I think that we showed how strong our, our young team is, right? And it, it just creates a lot of excitement for the future, right? Um, Yanni and Vito, you know, did well and, and did their job. Obviously, um, John Lowe became an All-American, which is fantastic. And then we had, uh, you know, Ramirez and Fernandez finished very close to being All-Americans, but, you know, lost in that round of 12. And then, you know, Cardenas, Foca, you know, Dom, all, all those guys, had, had strong performances and, and, you know, I think are ready to kind of make that jump over the summer and, and have, you know, a great, great year, um, you know, next year. So I think that's something to look forward to for us, right? We look to our youth, right? And, and our, our team is very young. We have, you know, many underclassmen, which is, um, you know, great for us and great, great for the future of the program. So all in all, I thought it was, was, it was a good tournament. Um, we finished seventh. Obviously, you, you hope to get in there and win a trophy, but I think that next year we're um, you know, definitely pushing for bigger and better things. And, and you know, right now we're focusing on freestyle, focusing on development, and just uh, doing everything we can to right, make that jump so next year we get what we want at the national tournament as a team. So from your perspective as like the first time being the head coach at, at nationals, did you notice any differences in that aspect? Or, yeah, or no, for sure. Pretty similar. Checking the team score a lot more. <laughs> um, no, I just think that. Um, I mean, you're always in, you know focused on all the guys, right? Um, but when you're an assistant coach, you have certain guys that <clears throat> you're, you're the number one coach. We'll say right the way we do it. At least we have like a one and a two, the person that runs the individuals during the season and, and is kind of, you know, the, the primary coach, we'll say. And then there's a secondary coach who's kind of floating, watching the clock, you know, looking for time to throw the brick. Somebody who's, you know, not as in, – that's involved, but not as, as emotionally involved, we'll say, right, who can, who can sit back. Um, so in the past, there's, you know, depending upon whichever guys you work with, your number ones, um, where now it's kind of just a – more of an eye-in-the-sky role in the sense of making sure that everybody's prepared and, and ready to perform well, um, keep an eye on a number of challenges we have. Like, <clears throat> I think just, uh, I wouldn't say more managerial at the event, but, you know, obviously, you know, Vito and Yanni and, and uh, Ramirez, like, you know, being, I guess, number one for those guys. Um, but just definitely a different role, um, less free time. In, in the in the past, in between rounds, I go back and, and relax. Now it's just you know meeting with folks and and, and you know hanging out and and uh, you know just sharing the, the sights and sounds with with uh, you know members of, of the program as opposed to just going back and, and you know just relaxing and, and doing nothing. <laughs> so so uh, just a little different in that regard, but overall good experience. Um, you know developing new norms which is to be expected, right? So, um, but yeah, no, I, no complaints. I enjoyed the tournament and, um, you know, I kind of know what to expect now. So I'm through the first year um, as a head coach, you know, through, through the first competition season. So it's, it's good for me to have that experience to, you know, springboard on for the future. You know, Mike, you're uh, our fearless leader, mm-hmm. heading up to your first, your first NCAA, champion, uh, NCAA tournament as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Did you feel any... Nerves or you know, we on set like how it's are you that, feeling like, leading up to that? In, in the pressure? past, no, I mean in, in the past, um, like you, you're always excited. You want to see your team do well, and I don't know. This is more of a of a, of a team view than than ever before, right? And, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like I, I mean, you guys know I, I love you guys, and, and even when I was an assistant, right, I was all in on everybody. But it was more all in on an individual level, right? Right, as yeah. opposed to uh, you know 
I guess the grand scheme of things, so to speak. So, um, no, it was, it was, it was challenging, but it was, you know, it was enjoyable. It was, it was fun, right? It was high stress, 100%, but that's, that's what you're going to get at the national tournament, right? Yeah, um, that's you're, to be yeah. expected. Yeah. Right? I think that, you know, it's a pressure cooker for a weekend period, right? Um, so it was, it, it was enjoyable. Um, and it, like I said, I gained experience, so now I know kind of what it's going to be like, what, what, what to expect, so to speak. Throughout the whole season, right? Going into the Ivy League matches, going into the EIWAs, going into the national tournament. Um, I don't know, it's just hard to explain, but maybe because it's, it's, it's technically all on you, right? You, if the team doesn't perform, then you know, you're going to take the brunt of it. Whereas before, it's like, yeah, we didn't perform well, but you know, these guys did well, so mm-hmm. good. You know what I mean? Like, it stinks for the team, but it's good for you know these individual guys. Where now it's everybody's under your umbrella, so to speak. <clears throat> so the performance of, of the whole crew is on you, and, and individual performances as well. Um, you know, fall back on you as well. So uh, I guess that's kind of the the view, and, and then the difference between assistant side and head coach side. Speaking of assistants, Callan, yes. how'd it feel to go back to your? Uh fake home state of Michigan and uh, coach up coach up the big red yeah it was good I mean I think I think we had all the guys rested really well and some of the guys were able to outperform their seed which is what Cornell is kind of known for so um, you know it was fun to go in there and, and be back in a you know where I spent spent a lot of time but representing Cornell now um, you spent a lot of time in Detroit you know yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. In the vicinity. Yes, in Michigan. I did get food delivered from Ann Arbor the first night I was there. So I, was, <laughs> I got some barbecue. Uh, one of the one of the other coaches brought it for me, so I appreciated that. Um, but no, it was really cool being, you know, representing Cornell and seeing all those fans there. You know, everyone in college wrestling knows how many how many fans are there for Cornell. It's kind of like whatever the CFCs they yep. always see every year. So you know, to be part of that's cool because. Michigan, when I was there, necessarily didn't have a big fan base there. Um, so seeing everyone with their Cornell stuff on was, was pretty cool. So kind of, since this is a Hunter-oriented podcast, you know, we're touching on Hunter this time, can you kind of speak towards Hunter's performance and and uh, how, he, how he did in Detroit? Yeah, I mean, he wrestled the way Hunter wrestled, balls to the wall the whole time. <laughs> um, you know, he was in every match. Um, you know, one or two different calls, and I think, you know, he could have been an All-American. Um, that's the best part about Hunter is you don't have to worry about effort. You know he's going to go out there, doesn't care who he's wrestling. He's going to just wrestle as hard as he can for seven minutes or however long it takes. Um, so he's always, you know, he, he's fun to watch, and, you know, I think he's got a lot lot to be proud of for this year and, and his whole career with just his mentality that he's brought. And he's, he's always there pulling people up too. So he's, you know mentality rubs off on all the guys he's training with where you know, whether he's wrestling with Yanni or a younger guy, you know, they know they're gonna have a hard practice. So he pushes everybody in the room and, and you know it shows on the mat the way he wrestles. He competes the way he trains. So um, obviously I wish he could have, you know, made it to the podium, changed a couple of those matches, but you know, I think he had a pretty good tournament. And he had Jacory off off a rip, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah and that uh, I know a couple calls go his way, you know, especially if you look in the slow mo. Any oh, one of those yeah. should have gone definitely his way. It's, it's been seen two times on social media. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now his effort's always there. Hunter will always wrestle. Everything, he'll leave everything on the mat, so. Yeah, and Mike, if you could kind of touch on Hunter's, since you've seen him since he came in as yeah. a freshman, it's kind of touch on his progression throughout, yeah. throughout um, his career. I just think that he, uh, <laughs> this is great, I get this idea. He took the bull by the horns. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Texas. Man. No, but, uh, but yes, Texas man now, right? Um, but uh, you know, honestly, the pace was always there, but there was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say skittishness, but there was like, you know, a sense of, you know, like having being being unsure about things, right? When his first year, and but then, you know, he he cemented himself as a guy, and he, and he took off, right? So the effort was there, but then the confidence came, and when that came, when that combination came together, then. Um, you know, you saw some really special things. Um, the, the thing that sticks out to me about Hunter, and excuse me, I said it in my newsletter, um, I'm going to be telling guys for, for many years about, you know, what it is to, you know, give maximum effort 
you know, trust the process and, and, and really enjoy putting on that single, right? And representing Cornell. Because that's what Hunter did, right? He, he loved to compete for Cornell. Um, and the fans love him, right? They love him, you know, just as much as they love Yanni because get your popcorn ready. Yeah, it's hard right? to root for no, a guy who... No, like that's, and that's what it's all about. Like that, that's what you want guys that maybe don't attack as much, that are defensive wrestlers. Like, look at this. You know what I mean? The guy is, is loved and adored because he wrestles so hard, right? And, and I think that, that that's something that everybody should take away. Right, if you go if you go out there with with a great mindset that you're gonna go out there and, and leave it all on the mat and you're not afraid of fatigue or failure, then you can wrestle like Hunter, right? Because he just let it rip, and I think that that that's that's really is gonna be his legacy, right? His legacy is gonna be um, how hard he wrestled, how much he loved Cornell wrestling, right? How much he, he gave every time he stepped on the mat, um, and like I said, I've been telling guys for for many years, you know, you think you're you think you're committed, are you? committed as much as this guy, look at this guy wrestle. That's seven or however many minutes of non-stop craziness action. Yeah. The signed hedgehog. <laughs> My eight-year-old niece has his poster on her wall <laughs> that he, he graciously signed for her for her birthday. So, so yeah, she's a Hunter Richard fan? Huge Hunter Richard fan. Really? Yes. How can you not be? She doesn't yeah. care about Yanni Richard. No, she cares about Hunter Richard. Honestly. Dude is out there scrapping. I think that it's cool because I remember when he was a freshman and a lot of other guys I, I just know that he was like pr- pretty raw I guess and then it's just been cool to watch him uh, progress into like a more like savvy wrestler I think before yeah. other guys would just be like man Hunter just in practice will just it looks so terrible and then he'll do well in tournaments but now it's like now he's just I, th- I think that he wrestling. really just um I guess understood his style and really honed in on, on the areas he needs to wrestle in, right? And I think that's you know kudos to the, to the you know to all the coaches that, that worked with him and, and, and you know brought him and molded him to the the perfect hunter style, we'll right. say, right? Where you get the guy tired, you don't need to shoot a ton early, um, you know, because if you look at in the future, I mean, the past rather, he wrestled Sasso great, but he was down seven zero, right? I was going to bring that up. He, oh he, he would he would he would go down big and then storm back, and it's like, yeah. hey. What if we don't go down big, or if you know you go down by two? <laughs> I forgot that that was kind of his mo for a while. Yeah, is yeah. when he was at forty nine. When he was a starter at forty nine, the twenty nineteen season when he yes. was with Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, he just he, he brought it back to one point. I think yeah. it was like a stall call would have yeah. won yeah. him the match because it would have been two. Because Sasso was completely gassed puts, out. You know, just gives you, you give all these guys heaters. You know, same with Klausik, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. and I think that he just continued to understand his style more and. Uh, you know, understand the positions he needs to wrestle in and how he can get guys fatigued in the first period without giving up the scores. And how he can get guys fatigued without, you know, taking, you know, bad shots, we'll say, right? Because when, when guys are tired, you know, those shots that are, that are quality shots but maybe not landing in the first period, they're going to land in the second. They're going to land in the third, right? So I think that, uh, yeah, really just... You know, the maturation process for, for Hunter all around, right? As a person, as a wrestler, he just grew and grew and, you know, culminated with, you know, a great performance uh, this year as, as a whole, right? I think he did a good job. I think a big part of that was him coming back for an extra year and being like, well, this is my last ride. Yeah. I got to do, you know, ever leave everything out there. And that's like... Let's just continue to put yeah. in Texas words in there. This <laughs> <Just> is <laughs> last ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. One last rodeo. Yes, yeah, one this, last, this last rodeo, last right? rodeo. Yeah. So, but no, I think that it's it's easy. So I was in a similar situation um, in the sense that I, when I was senior, I tore ACL, right? So it's just like go out there and have fun and, and wrestle hard, right? And just and, and that's what you got to do. And uh, Hunter was kind of the same way, right? He came back for this year. He came back to be part of this team. Um, he knew that this was a special special team, and and he uh, you know got every. Every bit out of out of the season that, that he wanted for sure. You know, I was thinking of something that would fit for this, for this Texas thing, but I couldn't right. come up with it. Yeah. Hey, but I think that that's another good. I think Hunter's another good uh, example for that aspect of Cornell wrestling for the postgraduate networking opportunities because he's landed himself a nice job through. Uh, yeah, Cornell no, wrestling for sure. Around. I mean, I think that that's the 
the best thing about Cornell, right? You're going to get the combination, you're going to get the athletics, you're going to get the academics, and then, you know, something that's world-class along with the education and wrestling is, you know, our alumni network. It's unbelievable, right? So we have so many folks that are willing and, and eager to, you know, help help our graduating seniors and, and you know, really anybody on the team, even when they're undergraduates, you know, internships and, and job placement upon graduation. So, no, I think that speaks volumes to our program and our culture, the fact that Hunter is going down to Texas and, and you know, he's got a great opportunity from his Cornell Wrestling uh, connections and network, for sure. That's crazy. And the network's everywhere. It's a great right? plug, Andy. <laughs> yeah. The network is truly everywhere. Like, there's a Cornell grad in Pittsburgh that has one of the fastest-growing flatbed trucking companies. It's like, in really? Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> People are everywhere. Yes, we are it's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> the, the big red is everywhere, right? So, so you're hoping for a good donation from Hunter in the future, then? Ah, uh, yeah, very much so. We'll be calling him up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. regularly. Howdy! <laughs> Howdy, <laughs> Nice, very good, yes. Yeah. So I will pass the cowboy hat around. Yeah. <laughs> So, Callan, do you ever compare your bicep tap with Mike's, and do you ever give, does he ever give you a hard time for? <laughs> no, I told, I told the guy. I told the guys in the beginning of the year when we win a team championship, I'll get the, I'll get the block C. Are you gonna get it over the M or on the other bicep? <laughs> I'll get it on the other bicep. I'll get it somewhere. What if I get it? The actual well, it goes from the other bicep. I'll get it somewhere. <laughs> I'll get it somewhere. I, I can't have an MC. Not, they won't take up master ceremonies. Anymore. <laughs> yes. You could always just like color it in red. Get a red M. Red oh, M. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> I get, yeah, we'll see. He did wear red shoes in his national finals, so. I did. I always, really? liked, I always liked red, you know? That's the thing it was that a bit taboo to... before, but now I can wear all the red I want. Yeah. It's ta- taboo at Mich- uh, University of Michigan to, to wear red. Yeah. Blue and maize. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are. Uh, that team down south, right? Team down south. I can't refer to them by name. No, we had to get rid of our red bumper plates one year. Lifting. Did you get pushback from wearing red shoes then? Those are the Adidas ones, yeah? Yeah. I did, and then the whole team got them the next year, and we were told <laughs> no one's allowed to wear them. They should have so. done, like, a special blue and yellow version for you. You'd think so. But I have no idea what you guys are talking about. They were the London and He wore red shoes. They were the London shoe. And yeah. the national finals. Okay. And he wrestled for Michigan. Yeah. And that's a big... They're blue team, and they... Yeah. Play Ohio State in oh, okay. That's their biggest rival, and they gotcha. So, yeah, you got it. Now. That's where yeah, I was. It, that's that's it, it just clicked. Yeah, yeah, it just clicked. Got it. He's like, uh, yeah. You should see Brendan's face. Yeah, he was very confused. He was lost for a second. Yes. I knew it was an inside joke because all three of you guys. It wasn't were like an inside joke. Like, it's not inside no, joke. I know. I was like, I'm definitely missing out. As on soon something. as I said the team down south, everybody in the, yeah. the Michigan, I thought you were talking about like Ohio Florida, area, like, Texas. Like, yeah. Down south. No. Not even allowed to say that. He's just, he's, he's just uncultured swine. Yeah. True. Literally. Would you call Ohio, the state of Ohio, Midwest? Most definitely. But is Pennsylvania Midwest or is that Northeast? That, that, this is me. Like, when you <laughs> cross over the border, I'm just like, in Youngstown, I'm like, this is not the Midwest, but hey. <laughs> now, but during that drive from Cleveland to Detroit, it's Midwest. No, I'll, I'll, put, I'll, like put my, I'll stamp my name on it. You get out. Yeah. You get out. Yes. Well, it is definitely Midwest. Well, yeah, because you're right next to Indiana. Yeah. You know? Can we split Ohio in half? I got to tell you, I have, I have a huge respect for Justin Mays, seeing where he grew up now, in, like, near Toledo. Dude, like, come on, Ohio? Mike is trying to recruit, like, Ohio wrestlers. I, I said I have respect for it. Well, it's a great place. <laughs> it is. It's a great place. It's just, I have respect for it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a great place. It's good to have blue respect. Blue collar. It's good. Yeah, blue Very blue collar. Anyway, Brennan. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway. Going back to nationals and stuff. Um, if you could kind of touch on Julian and Lewis, kind of there, like being so close. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's big podium? Nah, it's motivation, right? Um, it, it's. I mean, it's. it's it, I've been there, right? I. I, I wrestled two guys that I beat during a regular season and lost in round 12, right? And uh, it's, it's tough, you know what I mean? It's, it's really tough. But you, you, the biggest thing that I try to preach to our guys is you want to bottle up that feeling, right? If you can, you want to bottle it up and use it to motivate you because, you know, a month later, yeah, it might fade, right? But if you can b- bottle up that, that feeling, you know, obviously it's hard to do, right? Uh, <clears throat> and then use that to motivate you all summer long and, you know, 
all, all season long the following year, right? Um, but overall, I mean, you talk about overperforming. They did a great job, right? Well, they overperformed for their seed. We know how good they were, right? I expected them to be All-Americans. Right? Right. I expected them to be All-Americans. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their seed, they overperformed. And, I mean, at Lewis, and, and, I don't know, Julian, too, though, right? Like, Lewis beat two guys that he lost, he lost to, you know, uh, Hilger, uh, the kid from Wisconsin, right? Last duel of the year, and then goes out there and beats him. And then also uh, the kid from Virginia Tech who was tapping Traxler. out. Traxler, you know, Traxler. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a great win as well. And then, you know, you get one you get one, one blood blood timeout. He's a nose plug away from being an All-American. Yeah, a nose plug away from being an All-American. That's right, you know. Uh, for those that didn't see the bout, Lewis had uh, Lance flat on his belly, and then he, you know, kind of blew his nose plug out and got a restart. Um, and that, that changed the match there. So that's very frustrating. Um, you know, very frustrating from the coaching side of things. But Lewis is right there. And then Julian, I mean, beats two guys he loses to at the conference tournament. Right? Lost to uh, Ogun Sanya, right? And Hartman. Just a masterful feat of strength against Hartman. Yeah. Just, what do you just took him and it's like, I'm going to put you in a box. <laughs> right? He had like, <laughs> yeah, just, it was unreal, right? So he gets the fall there. That was, uh, was a highlight of the tournament for sure. And then he's one second away from from beating, uh, you know, what's his face from Ohio, from Karsla, Karsla from Ohio State. You know, a guy that he got beat up by uh, twice during the year, right? So I think that with Julian, I think that when the lights are on, he performs very well, but it also shows his development, right? He wrestled very well in Vegas and still wasn't too close to him. So for us, I think that once again, and I think Kellen mentioned it before, but you know, we, we performed very well, we peaked very well, and that's something you're gonna get, you know, at Cornell and in this attrition that we have, right? We we peak our athletes very well and, and you know our guys, you know, performed above average for sure. I mean above their uh well their C's, right? So they, they, they performed, you know, <clears throat> well above where, where others thought, which which is which is good to see. So um, but yeah, those guys, they were close, and I expect them to be high All-Americans next year. So that, they, going, they, they know what the expectations are. Sorry. Kind of going along that, outperforming your seed, Johnny Lowe, we kind of talked about him a bunch. Yeah. And that single leg. <laughs> Me and Andrew were talking, I think, yesterday about, like, you can, if you can hone one shot so good that the best guys in the country know it's coming, but you still get it. Well, this is the best part. It's, for the, <laughs> for, for the fans... John's a big Yankees fan. He's Mariano oh Rivera with the quarter. Literally. <laughs> with the quarter. Exactly. Right? He's got he's got this the shot that, that you know it's coming, but so the difference I think this year with that was it wasn't just John just stagnantly shooting it, right? He was wrestling through more positions, was hand fighting more, was using the edge of the mat, was understood his strategy very well and executed his strategy masterful at times, right? And I think that that was the difference. And then he also did have a shot to the other side. Yes. Yep. Right? Yes, that he did. Right yes. And that's what he hit in Nationals a few times as well in big matches, right? So he had that shot to the other side of the body. And granted, yes, let's go back to baseball, right? And that, was, <laughs> that was his changeup, right? Yep. He, had, he had his cutter and his changeup. And he would throw he would, he would would throw the, the high crotch at you a few times, right, to keep you honest, yep. you know, to square you up a bit, and then he could get to that single line. So, um, no, I mean, John works his, works his butt off. It's been... Right, a dream of his to be an All-American, which is, you know, a dream of many guys, right? And he was able to achieve it, but now it's, you know, and, and, and true to, to John fashion, he's hungry for more, right? He wants to get up there and, and you know, be a national champ, which is, which is awesome. So, what do you see, Kellen? Yeah, I mean, I, once you started taking that shot, I feel like he probably shot, you know, the other side of the body the most at the NCAA tournament. And, you could see guys just falling over when he shot it because they were so static. So <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to give up the single that he would just like touch the other leg and they just like fall over. Yeah, it's like, oh, he can't and, do it. Yeah. And now, you know. <laughs> he learned a different shot. Now he's got that confidence going into next year. So, yeah. you know, once he keeps perfecting that shot, then it's going to be really yeah. hard to stop him because right. you know the single's coming. But yeah, he's got single. You can't, again, you can't block crotch. both sides of your body the whole match. Well, that's the other thing, too, is he's a lefty, right? So the lefty high crotch, I still think, is the most dangerous shot in wrestling. Okay. If you're if you're really good at it, um, so it's it's not like he's taking just an, an you know a decent shot. He's got he's got one of the hardest shots to defend as his number two, 
and it's right. number one is always for the most part it's it's you know lead leg versus lead leg so for you folks that understand wrestling have at it <laughs> Great. Well, those are all the uh, topics we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Redman's Take. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Discover more stories about Cornell athletes and teams by following Big Red Sports Network on social media at CornellBRSN and check out www.CornellBRSN.com. See you next time. This podcast is a Big Red Sports Network production. Produced by Mark, Michael Farku, Veronica Lewis, and Mike Seats. BRSN is a student sports media group at Cornell University.